welcome to Oakham Bros. This is Eric. I'm Michael, and if you want to know the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling, movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, business, health, family, and mediumship, hit that subscribe button, smash that thumbs up, and press the noti icon and spread this video around like butter on a New York bagel. I love it. So today we have on psychic medium and hypnotherapist Glenda of Glenn has been practicing for decades and has performed thousands of readings. You can visit Glenn Dove and that's uh, G-L-E-N-N-D-O-V-E.com for more information. Glenn, thank you for coming on. Oh, listen, my pleasure. You know, I, I enjoy doing it. I don't do a lot of these. I, I'm kind of selective, but I was, I was appreciate intrigued. that. So yeah, yeah. we've been going to you for years. And, um, when we first started our show, uh, we knew that we had to get you on at some point. Um, because you know, you've just, you've been a fixture in our lives. Um, just kind of guiding us and, and keeping, helping us keep the faith that uh, there is an afterlife and we're able to connect with our loved ones. Um, my first question is, uh, can you explain, because I was doing a little bit of research on you earlier and you were a musician, correct? And then you made the shift, you made the shift over to medium. So cover I, like the musician, because yeah. that's like a cool story. And um, then how did you become a medium? Yeah, well, it all ties in. What happened was, yeah. uh, um, you know, High school, senior year, I got a gig. Didn't even make my high school graduation. Took off, never went to college. I mean, I musician, great musician, great drummer. Um, I was a studio musician. And in 1977, I was working in the studio on Great Neck. And there was a band called Ram Jam. And they had a song called Old Black Betty, which you'll still hear on the radio. Sure. The drummer comes walking in with a broken leg or a broken hip. And, and he couldn't do the tour. And they said, do you want the gig? And uh, a few of us replaced some of the musicians, went out for about two years on tour, came back, re-signed to CBS, to Epic Records, did another album called Speedway Boulevard. And um, everything was going great. The album was on Billboard's top listing. And we, through a negotiation, we lost our contract. The management felt we should change labels. Um, with that, our engineer, Soundman, who was really a part of the band, was in an accident, survived six months later in the same place in the same turn on a motorcycle, was killed on Southern State Parkway for those who were Long Islanders. Um, I'm devastated. A friend of mine went to an unknown psychic to me named George Anderson, came back and played me a tape, and my name is on it with my friend's name, and George is saying, your friend is saying hello. I go to him, and he does. my friend doesn't come through, but a great-grandmother from Italy came through or something and said, I'm going to do this, and I laughed at them because when I was about four or five, I had a minor operation um, and I came out of the hospital and um, a man came to me in my room and I saw this man with long hair and a beard and I was about four or five years old and he told me things. He said, my grandfather was going to be going somewhere and he gave me, you know, said different things and I kept saying to my mother the next morning, he spoke to me this way, not this way. So um, about my mother said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And I gave her all the information. About three years later, my grandfather died, which is what this gentleman was telling me. And I was running through the kitchen. Now, mind you, I'm not from any sort of religious family. I was raised in a Catholic Italian family, but, you know. And my mother is opening up a box um, with a picture called the Son of Man. And I looked at the picture and said, that was the man that was in my room. Oh, my God. And, I mean, I didn't go to church. I didn't know who he was. So, um my grandfather passes on, he starts coming to me. Now bring it up about 
And I was into this, and then I was afraid of it. And you're talking the 1960s, 64. We didn't talk about this. My mom, to even give you a whole story before this, because I got to yeah. really sum it up. Yeah. My mom lost three children oh my and had my brother. And, avoid, and, and the doctor said, be happy that you survived. A voice said to her, if you want another child, try again if you want a girl. She said to my father, we're going to have a girl because we're not taking a chance. Right. We're going to have a girl. So she gets pregnant with no problem. Everything is going along. And then right before I was born, she had a vision of a boy's face. And she said, that's ridiculous. I'm having a girl. Um, and right before I was born, uh, my uncle had given us some books by Edgar Casey, Ruth Montgomery. And she's just stern. And she started reading this. First, she said, oh, this is all baloney. Then she started reading it. So she joined ARE in 1954. I'm born in 55. So when I was born, I came into a house in the 50s that was already attuned to this. So my mom was cool with this. So anyway, my grandfather, you know, started coming to me and I would say to grandma, grandpa was here last night. You know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And then I got afraid of it. Then I'm in the band. My friend Michael gets killed and I go to see George and I walk in and he says to me, you're going to do this for a living. And I thought he's crazy. I think I was leaving for Europe to do another album. Right. Everything fell apart. I lost all the deals and I met a Hindu astrologer and, and another psychic and I used to go, and I just started. Uh, the woman gave out my phone number, literally, and I just started doing it. And that was 40 years ago. Now, oh. I still play. I'm still a very active musician, and I split between both. Never wanted to do this. To this day, if you say, what do you do for a living? I tell people I'm a musician. Um, but, and I, you know, and there's been a lot of interesting stories where I've had spiritual visits from different people and I, I, I always question, this is a funny story, the um, George Anderson, the, the, the grandfather, um, Jesus Christ visit. And I didn't want, I never told anybody, there was a woman named Ruth Montgomery who wrote a lot of books years ago, she passed on. Um, she mentioned it to me, I was in communication with her. And one day I was, I walked into George's room for a reading and he said to me, your grandfather's here. And I would never, you know, you don't say a word to him, you just sit there. And I said, uh, he goes, he just wants you to know you're not crazy. You saw somebody. And I said, what do you mean? And then I realized what it was. And I did what I hate that people do to me. I did the poker face. And I sat there and I wasn't going to respond. And he said, you've always questioned if you really saw something. And I don't know what it means, but I'm supposed to tell you. Your grandfather said you did see what you, you know, some sort of a vision. What, um, is, what, what is about Long Island, right? The three of us are Long Islanders I, through and through. What is it about you, it's, George, it is, Teresa, yep. John Edward? These are all Long Islanders. We're Long Islanders. It's it's like, I, I hate to make the joke, but I say what, breast cancer in women. I mean, it's just like there are just certain things. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I started, there was just George. Um, right. Then years later, I remember John Edward contacted me and we became friends. I haven't seen him in years, but, you know, always kept a good relationship. Right. And then, I mean, like Jeff Wands and Rob, yes. Hans, all these different people. And they were, Rob was, was a client of mine. Yeah. And when I look at the whole country, it's the strangest thing because there's just this little area. Yes. Um, I always make the joke. It's something in the water. I... <laughs> no, no, no doubt. There must be some type of cosmic there, something cosmic going yeah, on on there, on there are vortexes that i don't know i'm not that new york is one of them but there are energy vortexes um and that there are certain places i felt it in maui um there are certain places i've gone to in the world and traveled and not knowing and i've just been to certain countries and places where i just would stop and i said it happened to me in um i was traveling to sedona about two years ago and we just pulled over for a minute and i was walking and we were just walking on a hiking trail, and all of a sudden, I got this 
energy just came at me. And it was like, boom. And I stopped and I turned around and my wife was a few feet back and I saw her just stop. And she was staring down and my, one of my kids was with me and he was way ahead. And I see him running and he stops and he just turns around. And we all looked at each other. So about a half an hour later, I was in Sedona in, in a gift shop and I'm talking to a woman. And I said, you know, a funny thing happened to me when I told she goes, oh, she goes, you're, and she mentioned the vortex. So it isn't like I went there with this idea that, okay, I'm looking for it. I had no idea about it. Do you so see energy? Are, do you see energy when, when like this vortex, do you feel right. it or did you actually see it? I felt it. What happened was I was walking and it was almost like getting a double espresso or something just hit me. And all of a sudden I just felt this uplifting clarity. And I'm, when I'm not doing readings, I'm not a psychic guy. I don't walk around like I'm psychic, you know, it's, I'm not, I, I'm not part of that community. Well, I'm a you're, musician, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not, you're, I'm, I'm a, you're a rock star. You're, you're yeah, a total, you're you total know, I, I, one of my kids um, has a doctorate, like in theoretical physics, he's just like a scientist type of guy from MIT. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that's like, you know, if I talk about this, he just looks at me and he'll go show me the data, you know, like it's one of those things. Um, so yeah. How, how could you have raised, are you, did you raise somebody who doesn't believe? Um, I, I, listen, I've had, I had an interesting experience with, I went to a Hindu astrologer after that whole experience when I was sort of awakening and he gave me these gem prescriptions and this diet to go on. So I went to a nutritionist and I gave him the diet and the guy looked at me and said, well, this is a diet for somebody that has digestive problems, which I used to have. I used to find that if I would eat heavy meats and I said, well, how can I find out about these gems? He said, read the autobiography of a yogi. I go, well, I don't read that Indian crap. I'm not going to read that. And I was in a bookstore, Quest Books, in Manhattan, and I'm looking through a book rack, and it's like, you know, the way the shelves are angled, I just saw through three different shelving, and I saw a man's face, and I looked at the face, and, I, and, and something was drawing me to him, and I went, no, no, I don't, I don't read anything other than maybe something that would be Christian or Catholic-orientated. Next day, I'm, I'm at the health food store buying everything he told me to get, because he told me to, you know, eat sprouted bread and cut out meat, and, you know, so I'm buying all this stuff, and I'm spinning the book rack at the register, and the book rack comes to a stop, and that face is staring at me, but this time it said autobiography of a yogi. And I just looked at it and I grabbed the book and I opened it up. I stepped off the checkout line and I looked in the back and I found a chapter about gems and I'm standing there reading it. I bought, God, I think every copy in the store and I used to give it out, not knowing that Steve Jobs did this and George Harrison did this. They both really? did the same thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't and know. What, and, what is yeah. that? What it? What? what it's what the autobiography do? of a yogi. And the funny thing is, um, I, you know, I'm I'm not like Indian culture at the time. So, mm. um, I started to read the guy's book, and I was doing more meditating, and um, he actually came to me in a vision, and I was walking with him, and I and I knew that I and I was I could describe the place I was at. And I remember smelling like as if somebody had eaten curry, you know, when somebody eats that food, you can, and I could feel his hair and his like robe blowing against me. And there was another man there and he pats me and he says, um, the phone is going to ring. Don't answer it. I will come to you Christmas day. And next thing you know, I wake up and the phone is ringing. And I said, was I sleeping? So Christmas Eve, I'm at my brother's house with a very dear friend of mine. Um, and we exchange gifts. And then we were going to my girlfriend's house. We get to my girlfriend's house and we're exchanging gifts with her. And I look at, now I, I'm an OCD. So in those days I wore a Casio watch. You remember those with the you know, calculator? And I used to reset it 
every three or four days when I would call the time, because I always love to look at my watch. And when, when the time goes beep, I want to see the numbers change. So mm -hmm. I was, I'm a very precise kind of person. So it's Christmas Eve. Now, mind you, Yogananda said he's coming to me Christmas Day. And I'm sitting there with friends. And my buddy, who just exchanged gifts with me back at my brother's house, hands me a little packet. And he says to me, I go, we exchanged gifts. He goes, oh, this is something I forgot to give you. And it looked like maybe baseball playing cards. So I'm sitting there. Everybody's talking and, you know, exchanging gifts. And I ripped the paper off. And it was a little booklet, but it was upside down. And as I turn it over and I go to throw the paper, my watch goes, blink, 1201. Now it's Christmas Day. I look at it and it says, The Lore of Success by Yogananda. Oh, my God. And I realized, oh, my God, he came to me. I literally walked out of the house and I couldn't control my emotions. And I said, what's happening? I don't know. And I had one other vision with this guy. Um, I've read a lot of his stuff. It, it, it's blown me away. Um, right. And when I was out in California, um, I went to a lake shrine. that He has like ashrams and stuff. And it's funny because I never found that place. And my wife and I, about a year ago, went going down to San Diego. I, I'm usually in LA in um, January. And we were driving down and we're in Encinitas and it said that there was a, he had an ashram. So let's just stop at the ashram. And we stopped and I walk up this path and I'm on the, I'm on the coast looking down and all of a sudden I look and there was the scene that I had seen, the house, the slate, the grass, exactly the way it was. And I said to the security guard, I couldn't, they wouldn't let me go. He said, that was the house, one of the places where he used to, used to stay when he was out down here. Oh my God. And it was exactly the way it looked. I mean, it. So I've had different people come along the way um, and come to me. People often ask me also, I don't, those, that situation with him and my grandfather, I saw it. When I do readings, I get it in thought. Okay. You know, like it's just a thought. Like yesterday I was reading somebody and I kept thinking of my oldest son and I kept thinking he's out of state. So I said to the lady, you know, what's funny. I have a son who lives in Boston. His name is Justin. She says, my oldest son lives in Boston. His name is Justin. You know, like it's association. Right. Um, but as I said, this isn't something that I wanted. I, I seriously, if you said to me, what do you want to do? Um, put me behind a set of drums. That's, you know, uh, but it's these weird you, experiences. You, clearly, there's a future. I, I, this this drives me nuts because yeah. like there you're uh, the man that came to you when you were young. You said you hit you, and he said your grandfather's going to pass away. Right. Or th this this yogi saying, I'm going to come to you on Christmas Day. Clearly there is a future. So Eric and I always fight about this. I always say that our life is a screenplay and yep. everything is mapped out. And you don't know what the next page is going to be. You don't know where the story is going to turn. Right. You don't know if it, but your life, birth to death is mapped out for you here. If you're going to go eat a piece of steak right now, that is Matt. That is Michael's going to go to the kitchen and cook himself I don't a think, steak. I don't think it's that literal. I think that there is, right. there is free will. Um, what do you where, think about Where do you that? stand on that? Yeah. Um, great question. It, it's funny because I was reading a passage the other day in, in one of Yogananda's books, and he was eating strawberries in like the Himalayan mountains in Kashmir, and he spit them out. He said, they're bitter. And his teacher said, well, you know, years from now, you're going to be in the United States in Boston, and, and a woman's going to serve them to you, and you're going to love them. And 30 years later, he's sitting in Boston at a table, and this woman says, oh, you, let, me, let me put some cream and milk and sugar on this. And she mashed them up, and he said, these are delicious. And then he remembered 30. How could his teacher have known something that's going to happen? Glenn, in, Glenn, yeah. I'm going to interrupt on. you. No, 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 hold on. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I went to you and my grandmother came through. It was before my dad was still alive. He, and you said to me, there's going to be a microphone in front of you 
and you're going to be wearing headsets and you can be doing very motivational, very, very inspiring stuff. And I'm like, I guess right. I'm going to be interviewed on a talk show or something. I don't know what you were talking about. My brother and I have a podcast. Yeah, it's the way you described it. I tell people this every day. I say we're actors on a Broadway show. Yes. Bonjour. Okay, uh, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. I've yes. seen them in the art couple of producers, that sure. Broadway show. You know, I could give you 10. Greatest. Okay. For, for so the now best. the people we all connect with, we've acted with before. Mm-hmm. When an actor, when Matthew Broderick gets a play or Julia Robertson, Brad Pitt, let's say, she gets a movie. I'm going to play a process. I'm going to play this person. The script is written. And she needs that experience to increase her acting ability. Because the only way you understand something is by going through it. So you're acting out of play and you have free will. You're driving down a road. I, I use this analogy to all my Long Island clients. I would say you're driving down Sunrise Highway and you're going from Belmore to Wanto to Seaford to Massapequa. And these are all towns for those who don't live in Long Island. Yeah. Right. Or going from Boston to Florida on Interstate 95. You're going to go from Connecticut to New York to New Jersey. So you have to go down that road. There's potholes, there's gas stations. Your free will is what lane you're driving, how fast you drive, who you meet along the way. Are you reckless? Are you cautious? Um, but there are certain things. You, now, what about the pothole? If you hit it doing 80, you rip out your front tire. If, you, if you're enlightened and you're looking and you're aware and you see it, you slow down, maybe you go around it. Because I've had things said to me that have happened years in a, way in advance. Right. Um, astrology especially. I remember... Um, the Hindu astrologer I used to go to, he told my friend, his son has to watch being um, electrocuted when he's 17. And she had like a one-year-old. We totally forgot about it. When he was 17, there was an accident and a, a wire came down from a pole and the cop had to get him out of the car. Cause he says, you're lucky we got you out. Okay. Cause you almost got electrocuted. There was like a, a live wire. And this was when the kid was like 17 years old. Um, and then we remembered, I mean, how, but remember something in the quantum realm, there is no time. Time is a right. relative thing. Right. Also, um, I have dreams. And this is one that was not too long ago. I'm In the morning, I get up. My iPhone, for God knows why, only gives you nine-minute snooze. I wish I could make it 10, you know, being OCD. But, okay. So, anyway, I get up in the morning. True story. The alarm goes off. I hit snooze. And I fall back to sleep. Right. I'm now with my wife traveling to, to California. We always go to Long Beach, not LAX. It's quieter. We get in the car, we go to Trader Joe's, buy some stuff for the room, we go to dinner. I'm looking at the menu. I remember saying to her, you know, oh my God, they have this fish on the lake. You know, when we're having dinner, we go back to the room, we open a hotel room up, and it's my room at my home. And I hear a bell go off, and I wake up, and that's my phone. And it was waking me up. That was nine minutes. I could give you the conversation we had at dinner. Right. And it was more than, um, listen, we flew to California five, six hours. We oh, had that's mind blowing. I mean, I could give you the details. So that's why in dreams, I do like that too. That's, that's why, yeah. yeah, that's why, that's why in 10 minutes in a dream could feel like you had an, an adventure because yep. time doesn't what exist. Is, so, so hold on a second. So, our, our dreams are, 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 when you're in a dream, are you in the, the afterlife, so to speak? Well, this we're in right now is the dream, as the Indians call it, Maya. Yeah. It's an illusion. It's not real. Well, listen, if you blow up, my hand with an electronic microscope, you're going to see pores, skin pores, blow it up again. You're going to see cells, blow it up again. You'll eventually get to atoms. Blow up, look at an atom. It's about 25% particle, like in 75% space for all those technical people. I may not be right. Exactly. You're going to see electrons and protons. You blow those up 25% particle, 75% space. You blow those up, mesons, photons. Blow those up. Nothing solid so far. And at the end, I think the last smallest particle, God knows, is a quark. 
and it's just energy. Nothing is solid. So this is not real. This is illusion. And it's, it's everything is frequency. Everything's vibrating at a certain frequency rate. Oh so we're God. living in, so we're living in the matrix. Yeah. It, you know how many times I've seen movies like that? And I think the people that wrote those movies, you know, absolutely. And then there's a point where when you pass, you, 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 you come out, it's like waking up in the morning from a dream. I'm having a crazy dream. I hit my foot against the wall and my, my foot's in pain. I wake up and I go, oh, that was a dream. Not to mention when you're in a dream, if you're walking through a park, everything that's around you, the wind, the grass you're stepping on, that you're not even thinking about, but it's just part, of, you're creating all of it. Mm -hmm. Think about that dream. You could be having a conversation. It could be the fragrance of the room, the food, the sensation of your hand on the desk, something that's not the main focus, but you created that whole dream. So I believe that we, and, and these incarnations, the reason we do come back, and I obviously believe in reincarnation, um, and I've had priests in the Catholic religion tell me that they believe, I've obviously, almost every religion, I've, and I've had priests, rabbis, monks come to me. Um, how do you tell somebody what it's like, like to say to be married? They will not know unless they get married. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I know what it's like to have children. My brother has a couple of kids. I've taken care of them. I babysat. No, you don't. Where do mm -hmm. you have a kid? And he wakes up at three in the morning and he's coughing. So you need to experience that situation. So we come back and we play all these different roles until you go to the buffet table at a bar mitzvah and you keep going up there until you had enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm done. I've eaten all. And that's what happens. So you just keep coming back until you can play every role. And we think people, we're going to say we're going to become enlightened. You don't become enlightened. You are enlightened and you screw it up. <laughs> and the analogy, because this is the wrong thing, because you keep thinking if you add content to your life, you're going to get there. You don't get there by adding content. You are, like in a movie theater, and this is another analogy I use in all my readings, there's a bulb. Imagine the bulb is the universal consciousness. I don't want to use the word God because I don't want to get into people's individual religion, but right. but. If it wasn't on, we wouldn't exist because if the light wasn't on, it'd be an absence, as they say in black holes. There's no, it'd be nothing, not black, not that we're alive in, in, the, in the space. There'd be nothing. But the light is on. It shines out and hits the material world, which represents by the screen. Now, uh, we are the light. But then film goes in front or plastic, and it blocks the light and creates shadows on the screen. And you're watching a movie and is a love story, comic. The bulb doesn't care. The mm -hmm. bulb is shining. It's it's not even it, it's it's just shining. And you're create by your intention, by your thoughts, you're putting images in front of that bulb. And that bulb is creating those things. If you stop thinking and just be, the light, the, the, the images go away. That's why people say still the mind in meditation. And I'm learning more and more to, to just allow. If you want to bring something in, somebody mentioned manifest, it does absolutely work. Um, I've done, I do it a lot, but I found the secret to doing all of it is not, is in other words, just being. Can you, you in a reading, you gave me this incredible thing of because I'm, I'm an author and you said my books are going to blow up. Well, actually, my, my dad said it and you said go into Barnes and Noble, think about it, go into Barnes and Noble. What can you explain to our audience? I don't, if you don't want to reveal the secret, but like. That was mind blowing. That you said there's two things that are guaranteed in life: taxes and this this manifestation. Yeah, thing. well, the manifesting works all the time because you're looking at it right now. Um, where people fail when I do lectures, you know, my audience is 18 year old to 75 year old women who read Esther Hicks, Wayne Dyer, The Secret. That's the audience, you know. 
And how many of you, um, you know, have manifested? Every hand goes up. And how many of you got that million dollars that all these books say you can have? And the hands go down. How many of you found your soulmate? Maybe five hands go up. What's your story? I'm married 30 years. Oh, that's great. What about you? I met a guy three weeks ago at a bar. He's my, oh, no, no, that, that, no, no, put your hand down. <laughs> you know, and why does it work sometimes and not others? And this is something that I'm glad people can listen to, and, and it's been working. Something, I, I was doing some hypnosis work. I do it for regression, but when I was trained, you know, they teach you to, like, help a person quit smoking. But anyway, I was working with somebody to quit smoking, and I'm reading the little, like, you know, chart that I have written ahead of time. You know, you hate cigarettes. And as I'm reading it, I'm realizing I'm not saying to the person, you're going to quit smoking. I'm saying to them, you're a non-smoker. I'm making a statement and a command. I am. I'm not going to be. You are thin. You're not going. And I always have them perceive that the event has already happened. Mm -hmm. And a while back, um, one of the guys that writes these books, I stumbled upon it. And, and I didn't even know that he talks about, this guy talks about living from the end. So the technique that you would use, and this is, I will guarantee it works all the time, is you must perceive you're already in the situation. Now, you do one thing at a time. If it was a car, a book, whatever. Um, I remember a young kid had you know, said to me, he wanted a car. And I told him, when you lay down at night, you imagine the car. You know you have the car. You're not going to get it. It's not. You already have it. You, know, you can feel the key fob. You can see it in your hand or the keys. Uh, and I told him to keep doing this. Well, then he acknowledged to me that he was actually envisioning a 308 GT Ferrari. I said, well, you're 16 years old, and you're not going to get a 308 GT. Well, you told me this works. It does. But divine intelligence knows what you need. And what happened was he got a used Honda with 100,000 miles given to him. And mm -hmm. he drove for two years in any board of sports car. So the universe will give you what you need. If a little boy sees his dad's hat and wants it, he'll get a boy's hat. He won't get his father's hat. Um, but it works. The Universal way, some kind, yeah. yeah, the way that I like to uh, think about it is you don't have to tell me that I love my kids. I love my kids. You don't have to tell me that um, that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. I just know. I know that I love my kids and I know that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. When you think about that for your sports car or for your big house or for your career where you just know that it's going to happen. I know that this show is going to be huge one day. I know we're going to have a million followers. That's how I like to imagine it the same way as I know I love my kids. I know that the sun is going to set and I know that the sun will rise tomorrow just because you know you, it has it has to have unwavering doubt. Yeah, but you, you said something there that I'm going to put, put a discrepancy in. Eric Glenn is saying, live it now. We have a million followers on Orkin Bros. Not right. saying one day it's going yeah. to happen. Right. Glenn's saying, well, we, we have a million followers. It's the feeling. In other words, right. that's, yes. that's the secret, okay? Right. When people tell me, I used to wonder why sometimes things will work and why, and then I realized when you do the vision, it doesn't matter what the visualization is. It's the intent or feeling behind it. So what I tell people to do all the time, and I, and I say this every day in every one of my readings, I say, as you're going to bed at night, because at that point, once you go, because if you do it during the day, how many people I see walk out of a church or temple and say, oh, I said a prayer, I hope it works. What? It's baloney. How can it work? Right. You don't when you go to bed three minutes before you go to sleep, you perceive yourself in the situation. Maybe you want a new house. You're laying in the bed in the new house already. How does it feel? What's the pain smell like? Mm -hmm. um, I want a relationship. You're laying there, and the person's laying next to you. Don't worry what you can envision anything you want. You might you can envision a Taj Mahal. You might get a two-bedroom condo. You're going to get what you need, and but you must absolutely believe it's already happened, and then you go off to sleep, 
And then during the day, don't think about it. And I have been finding that it's just, it freaks me out. So uh, Michael's got it right. You have to, it's already happened. It's already taken place. Mm -hmm. Now remember. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, with everything too, there's there's equal and opposite reaction. You know, I get the new car, of course, then I'm parking and I got a scratch on it and I freak out. Anything that is created has to have its both sides, every energy. So you always, nothing is, you know, when people talk about happy, you can't have that. It just it can't exist. It can only exist. You know, I was watching Star Wars and they were talking about like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the evil force. It's all the same idea. Yep. So anything you get to, you're always going to have, oh, I got the new house, but then there's a problem with it. That just happens with everything. And right. it doesn't matter how smart you are, how dumb you are. There's no, there's no discrimination as to where you came from or how you were raised as long as you think the way that you're describing Right. What happens is the solution is you are. You're the complete. When you can say, I tell people, if you could say to yourself, I am that I am, and you just sit down maybe for 24 hours and repeat it, you'd be, you'd be enlightened because you're coming from, you're already enlightened and you're blocking it. So you have a dirty window. And every time you say, I am, you're washing the window. And eventually the window is clean. You see this whole scene. The scene was there the whole time. You don't bring this in. You all, everybody, and, and first of all, we're all one person. We're not separate. We're thinking yep. we are. It's our perception. Yep. So when you wash, when you clear that window out, everything that's there was always there. So you don't become anything. You are, and you unveil it or you release it. Now, to those who, and I find it could be mantras, it could be rosaries. Um, it could be, and you could be devout in anything you want. It doesn't matter because you're using just that vehicle. You can walk up a mountain on a bicycle. You can walk. You can take a plane. You can take a helicopter. The idea is you you, you do some sort of vice that's going to help you obtain it and clear away. And when you do that, then you're just opening up what you already are. So you don't become anything you already are. Did spirit? Did spirit tell you this? Or did you learn this here? Did you learn from Greg Brady? Because what you're talking is about Greg Brady. Uh, you know what's funny? I Somebody told me about, I mean, I've heard his name. I've never read anything by Greg Brady at all. And yeah. about a year ago, a friend of mine sent me a video. And I was like, wow. That's like somebody said to me one day, oh, you're Buddhist? And I said, no. Right, right, right. And I know nothing about Buddhism. And then I started reading. You, yeah. Did spirit tell you about law of attraction? I mean, you're the, I don't even want to consider you a musician. You're a law of attraction guide. I mean, you really, what you're saying is it's, it's in line with the LOA. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I, I mean, I've read. I, I, I always knew it. I don't. I don't know. I think you it's always happened to me. Yeah, you know, like when I was little, my parents would say to me. I remember one time I wanted to buy a belt buckle, and I was a couple of years old. I may have been like six, and I used to get ten cents a week allowance, and it was two dollars. And in four days, I had the money. It just like it just you know things came. It, it's one of those things where when I want to do something, it just if I allow it. When you start thinking, you screw it up. So don't think because that just screws it up. Right. Just be. What, um, what about hypnotherapy? I want to mention that I just started hypnotherapy about a week ago. Is what you're saying hypnotherapy? Yeah. You know, when you think about it, um, when I give a per if, if a person's a good subject and they allow themselves to, they're just accepting. They're accepting that command. You're thin. You're a non-smoke or whatever. If, if you're not doing a past life regression. And when you accept that, you know, message... That's it. It's there. You're just open. Remember, you're opening it up. You're not creating it. You're, it's you know, it's like um, I was I remember Greg Gray when he was talking about like looking at a canvas, and he said every potential brushstroke is already there. Hmm. You know, it's right. almost like you're you're taking away the everything is already existing. When I, when I write a book, the word I'm telling you, like the words are already there. It's the weirdest thing. It's like it's not coming from you. There was a book called Do the Work by this guy, Stephen Pressman, I think his name was. And in it, he had the most profound 
page of, of words, he said, every writer, every creator, they're pulling from somewhere else. They're taking from this universal consciousness and they're putting it down on paper. I could not agree with that more. Yeah, it, it, and, it, and when we're ready for it, I remember years ago, um, a girl that I knew when I was around 21, 22, she had a, um, somebody in her family, I'm not gonna, very well-known spiritual person, and I didn't know who he was. And I remember I said, well, you know, I didn't know this guy. Well, and I said, like, well, ask him, you know, what, what, what do I do? And the, and the response that he had given to me was just be. And, you know, 21, I didn't know, my butt from a hole in the wall. And, of course, years later, I was like, oh, my God, that guy at that point already understood. And it took me all these years. Right. Um, so the thing I tell people to do, whatever you are, if you don't believe, listen, you don't not believing in something, you can, it's science, you know, one, somebody calls it chemistry, somebody calls it physics, somebody calls it science, somebody calls it, it doesn't matter. One of my kids, I think, had said this years ago, you can eat Italian food, Greek food, Chinese food, Mexican food, um, you name it. It's still food. It's still food. It all breaks down the right. carbs and proteins and will come out the same. The only difference is it's a little, some of it has more pizzazz, it's more flavorful, some of it's bland. But the idea is any religion, and almost any path will get you there. It's just a matter of staying with it and working at it. So and that's amazing. the trick. You, know, you, you say, you know, someone's going to wish for a million dollars or we're going to wish for, an, uh, not, we're going we're gonna to say I have a million followers. As, right. just as a, for instance, you still have to work for it. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is um, you, you have karma. So what you did in eighth grade tells me what classes you have to take in ninth. So when you get into ninth grade, you might have to take that, you know, that modified English class, but it may be in math or in advance. That's due to, like when I go to the doctor today, over the last year with the pandemic, I've not been working out as much as I was. So he might say you put on 10 pounds. Or maybe your cholesterol's up, whatever. Okay, I can correct that. But, I ha you know, you, ha you have calm. You're taking baggage with you. So people, you may have come back and maybe money has been in the way before and it's blocked you. Many, many people, you know, like, right. um, I, hate to, I hate saying this, but in my life, all of the greatest lessons I've learned are the, are the things that have ripped my life apart. Yep. When I lost, you know, when, when the band fell apart, when my friend was, when I go back and I think the major times are the hardest times where I was in the most pain and suffering, I don't go back and think of the, you know, I think of happy times. But we choose a path. So that's basically who you are. So if you're coming back and you can increase your money, but you can get a million. Well, a million followers, yes, but some people, you know, like maybe they want to be a billionaire. That would have to be something probably comically with it. Listen, right. if you're six foot five, right. you can play basketball, volleyball, and tennis. You're not going to be a jockey. If you're four foot tall and you want to be in sports, yes. you're going to be a So you got to realize there's, there's something that a natural, natural yeah. ability still matters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a combination. It, it's a very deep, I mean, I could go on for days. It's a very, very deep subject. But there is a certain, I mean, there are people that I've met and situations that have happened in my life that I've learned now that I look back and I'm thinking is some divine intelligence had to have, and, and it's like a chess game where, you know, I'm, I, I can't play chess because I can't think eight moves ahead. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, it's like in that movie, Searching for Bobby Fitcher, where there's a scene where the kid already, the, his opponent made a move and he already looked and said, you've lost. Because mm -hmm. in 10 moves, you've already lost it. How could you not? Because he's already. So we have those moves are all set up. And you have free will. I can go for Starbucks and not Dunkin' Donuts. I can go, I could go into a bar, get drunk, come out and get a DWI. But basically, if I'm on Sunrise Highway, I'm not going to be on the Long Island Expressway. You're going east. Right. So some things are predetermined. Some things have to happen. You can lessen the severity of karma through spiritual growth. You may still hit the puddle, but you might hit it doing 10 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and not 80. And 
but it, yeah, it, it, I think we come back with with a set plan to a degree. Um, so yeah. Before my child, before each of my children were born, I've come to see you, and each time you've said you your daughter is coming, and then you've said my son is coming, and you were you were correct in both instances. My question is, and you said that they they pick you as parents. Yeah. Oh, when what, I that, was, what does that mean? When I was a few years old, because when I you know when you first come in. You've been on the other side longer than this side. So that's when you listen to those kids because they don't know prejudice. They don't know. Well, they, they're still half in the other world. I sat my parents down and I, and I mean, I was probably four or five because I didn't speak until I was three and now I don't shut up. So it's a joke in my family. And I said to my parents, I chose you. And my mother said, what? And I said, I was, and I described being in a room that the walls look like pearl white, like almost like how pearl can be like like a pearly white, pinkish, whitish, bluish walls. And I remember like a window. And I remember like sort of like looking through this window and seeing couples. And they all looked a little out of focus until my parents appeared. And I went, that's them. Hmm. And I said this when I was four years old. I kept, And then I read books later on finding out that they say we choose our parents. What is it like? Um, what, what past lives have you lived? I've I've done um, one past life regression with some lady, and I, I it was like a it was before we were we we always believed in an afterlife, but yeah, we didn't we believed in it, but we didn't know what we were believing in. Yeah, where have you been? I'm curious. Um, I had a Hindu astrologer who they do it mathematically, and so many of them were China and India and Israel and everything. And then he said the last two was were Roman and England. But an interesting story. I before I had met him. I always had the desire to go to England and my cousin and I had gone and then my mom and dad had met us. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting there and I think it was a Sunday and we were on Kensington High Street and they said, are you going to be here next week? I said, I'm leaving Saturday. And they said, you have to go to the flea market. I think it was like Petticoat Lane. She says, go out and take the bus, you know, two, two stops to done. And he just blurted out, I threw my bags in a room, got on the bus and went in. I remember the guy on the bus says, okay, no, 22, 22 pence. And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking, I just handed him the money. I was like looking around. I, I was talking all of a sudden. I said, oh, this is the stop. Let's get off. And we just got off the bus. And then went down to the underground to the tube. And I remember we were taking the train. And then all of a sudden I said, this is the stop. And my, my, I think it was like my cousin. I said, you should, I, go, I don't know. This is it. We walked up. And everybody was walking in one direction. I said, no, I think it's this way. And we turned in there. It was. And as I was walking around, um, we were like in a rundown neighborhood, which I would equate to when I was growing up, the East, uh, the Bowery, like, you know, sure. Alphabet City. Now, of course, those are the cool areas to go to. And I saw a cop or a Bobby, and I said, how do I get back to Kensington? And he said, you're not in the best neighborhood. This isn't where you want to sightsee. And I'm like, I'm from New York. He goes, well, because he goes, you're a Yankee. And I went, yeah. And he says, you're from, I said, I'm from New York. And I said, how much are the flats here? And he said, not oh, 350 pounds. And my cousin's staring at me. And he gave me directions back and we're walking and she, what are you talking about? And you know, pound and flats. And, and I never felt so comfortable in all my life. I go to Manhattan. The second I go through the tunnel or on a train or over a bridge, a knot comes into my stomach. Really? And, oh, yeah. And I'm fine. I mean, I'll go to dinner. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, going down. Uh, yeah. But it's never a total comfortable feeling. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that I walked around London like never have I felt so good. And when I came home about three or four years later, I saw the Hindu astrologer. My reading was done in advance before I got there. It's a complete astrology chart. Mm-hmm. And he starts going through my past lives, Egypt, India, China, Egypt, India, China, you know. And then he says to me, your last life was Rome. The one before that was England. You should go there in this lifetime. And I was staring at him like I must have turned colors. And I didn't. he didn't even look up. He was looking at an ephemeris. And he said to me, 
go to London. Mm-hmm. And I went, I've been here. And he goes, go to the East end of London. And I was like, what? And that's where I was. So now it's not like he told me that. And I went there and I looked for, because when I went to Rome, one of my kids had gone to, to did a semester in, and they were in Rome mm-hmm. and I went to visit the same thing happened. Now I do have family. My grandparents, my mom's side were both born, not in Rome, but they were born in Italy. But I walked around again with that feeling of life, total comfort. That's where I belonged. And if you check it out on YouTube, um, I had done two TV pilots. Of course, you know, the housewives of Schmageggieville is what's the hottest show. And people are not interested in past life. And I did two pilots for past life regression shows that, you know, sizzle reels, you guys know, you know, right. you do a sizzle reel. Right. And one of them is still on YouTube. You have to put in Glendove past life. Because if you put in Glendove, I think there's some John Edward clips that I did that might still be around. But anyway, okay. we filmed the whole day. And we had some clips and my wife walks in to pick me up and they said, I said, no, no, it's my wife. They said, well, let's hypnotize her. And I'm like, my wife. So anyway, we hypnotized my wife. She went right out and I said, where are you? And she says, I'm in England and I'm nine years old. And I'm with the world thinking she's joking. And then, you know, we're bringing her forward and she says, um, I'm married and my husband's got this illness. Well, we're asking her things like, what year is it? And she's just giving the answers. So the guy's writing questions. And at one point she says, oh, uh, he's got this like illness that came from the big city. And I go, what year is it? And she goes, you know, 1662. Well, they're Googling, you know, what year the plague hit and all that, everything's lining up while we're doing it live. And they're holding up signs saying, ask her this. And um, we edited down, you know, when you do a sizzle reel, it's like maybe like two, three minutes. And it's interesting because, I mean, my wife's half Chinese and Norwegian, and she's not English, and there's no history of it. And yet she was giving dates and years. And even if you look at the sizzle reel, which is only a couple minutes, it's it. I mean, we were both like blown away. Right. Um, and I didn't think she's, you know, she's not the psychic kind of person to go, she's going to be a great subject. And she was a great subject. Uh, some people are, some are not. You know, it's... it's. How do you do your past life regressions for, for your clients? I... I do a classic induction, which is a long induction, which is like, you know, you sit down for like 15 minutes, you know, you're relaxing your muscles. you're, And then I usually bring them down um, a hallway and I have them select the door. And some people get nothing. Um, some people, I see them crying. I see that, you know, rapid eye movement. Um, it depends. But yeah. I, I do a classic, you know, classic hypnosis induction. And, and uh, what do you say to the, Eric, Eric, I want to ask a question. What do you say to the haters? What do you say to people who go, ah, this is just like, I don't even want to call your son a hater, but he's like, show me the data. Like you told us we were going to have a podcast 10 years before I even said the word podcast. Like what, what do you say to people going, no, nah, dude, it's real. There's no such thing. Uh, well, as you know, think about this 40 years ago. I mean, I didn't have computer. Now the new thing is, oh, you looked me up. You Googled me. Right. Well, you Google <laughs> me. Okay. And I'm a public figure. So my bio is online and there's stories about me, but. When I went to George and he gave me a name and it meant nothing to me. And I said, it means nothing. And he kept insisting. And then I think he had said something about Sicily. And I said, no, my family's not from Sicily. When I got home, the name was my grandmother's mother, my my mother's grandmother, my grandfather's mother, who died before my mother was born. And it was her name. And, and, And my mother said she didn't even know her, but that was the name. The interesting thing was we said, oh, she was born in Avellino. And I started to research with the family to find out that she was born in Sicily. And then they arranged a marriage when she was 15. So he, when he I just found that on Facebook, he just found no, that but on the Facebook. thing is, but that's what I'm saying. 40 years ago, I didn't have a computer. So people go, oh, well, you okay, listen, you could guess maybe, maybe but 
when someone says this is going to happen in two years, that's the point I'm getting to because everybody right. says, oh, well, you could. And, and they hop upon, oh, you said this name and that name. Forget the names. I'm talking about events when someone says you're going to do this. Right. And I listen, my, my mom had been to a woman when my grandfather died in 1963. Right. I wasn't playing drums yet. And she said to my mother, um, your son is going to work in this field. But she called me Mr. Rhythm. And then she said, and I still, I just found as my mother, I'm cleaning up my mother's room. I found it on reel to reel tape. I, I have to get this transferred. And she said, my brother would be artist and I was going to be Mr. Rhythm. That year I was selected to do PBS dance shows. And I was mortified because back in 1964, who wanted to be a dancer? And I wanted to be a drummer. So that year I started drumming and, and I had done some dancing shows. And she, I mean, she just, I, I wasn't even playing in those days. So, I mean, that's, you know, my mom just sat there and she described my grandfather who had passed on. And, so, and he used to come to me all the time and he would say things. So, uh, and listen, in the room, we're all sitting and watching this right now. 106.7 is playing light FM music. Netflix is on. Why? Everything is on right now. We just don't see it. You right. couldn't, if you heard everything, right. it would be like Bruce Almighty. You'd be sitting in the room and hearing things. So you're only going to hear things that the human ears can hear. Close the ears, shut the eyes. And the spirit or the real you, that's capable of hearing the higher frequency. It's just dimension. It's not heaven. Well, not the way I call it. I always say to the Catholics or Christians, I think it was like Jesus said, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall come to you. Mm -hmm. uh, the kingdom of heaven lies within. He's talking about self-realization, consciousness, uh, peeling away the, the, the layers through prayer or whatever, good living, and you're becoming more enlightened. I'm talking about the spirit plane, which is in this room right now at another frequency or another mm -hmm. dimension. So it was 106.7. Uh, my iPhone is on 800 megahertz or your, or your Android. It's on. There's conversations. I discovered this one years ago when my friend gave me a scanner. We used to be into radios. And he gave me the scanner. And I used to turn it on. I could get the police department, the fire department, uh, the taxi cabs, TVs. And all of a sudden, I started hearing my neighbor's phone calls because in those days, we had cordless phones, 49 megahertz cordless phones. And I would hear hundreds of conversations while I'm sitting in my room. It's the same thing. All of it's just in the atmosphere. Everything's energy. It's all have frequency. You, what, do you, how, what would you tell an exercise for somebody who wants to be more intuitive um, but you know, you know, doesn't hear anything? Well, it, it's just like it's like anything else. Like I see, I, I see some people can jog twice, and all of a sudden they look they look ripped, and some people work out forever. It's the it's the consistency with it. I mean, I can go back to playing the drums. I mean, I always had teachers that looked at me and said, "You're a natural," but I'm playing 56 years now, so it, it's right. muscle memory. But it's the repetition of just doing it yeah. every day, uh, and and stress the fact you should spend a few minutes in silence reading something. Remember, since everything in your life is programmed. What you're reading, what you're watching, think about that. What you're watching before you go to sleep, what books you read, that's all programming. And that, you know, right. that, that makes a difference. But you go, you go onto your computer, you type in uh, Gmail, you don't go to AOL. So whatever right. you put into your subconscious, that's where it's going to bring you to. Glenn, what do you do when you go into Starbucks and you're talking to the barista and their grandmother's there? Like, and the grandmother's coming through and saying, tell my granddaughter, you know. It's interesting because I tend to like when I do when I have an office as I as I said I just have a new one down the block now which is great because I can walk to work. Um, I try to keep a room that I only use for the readings, and um, when I'm done, I kind of like shut it off, 
And very rarely, I, I know some other psychics, I'm not going to speak for them, but some of the famous ones we know that I've talked to and, and I've been out with them and they'll go, oh my, they see that. I tend to shut it down. I did have it happen once. I was getting a set of tires put on my car and I was sitting next to this woman and her husband was sitting there. And I wanted to look at her and say, yeah, you know, your husband's right here. And I, I said to myself, well, I, I, I can't do that. Um, I don't always get it. I'm not, oh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of shut it off when I'm not, when I don't go into like my mindset is for readings, I kind of detach from it. And now that it's been 40 years, I'm also getting to that point that it's like, not burnout, but it's just, you know, some people don't listen. Some, And I'm just getting to the point that I have less patience. Not, not that I have less patience with my people, but like I used to get very upset when they would say, my husband kind of believes. No, he doesn't. You can't be kind of pregnant. You either believe or you don't, or maybe he's afraid of it. Um, I used to want everybody to, and I'm to the point now that I realize I'm going to be right in the end. Listen, there were people <laughs> that thought the world was flat. And they believed it was flat. They still belief do. Had, right, right. They're the flat life right now. Okay. Belief has no, nothing to do. In other words, or like the laws of gravity existed before Sir so like Newton discovered them just as well as after. So belief has no, no bearing on, on mm. the truth. So I've come to the point that I'm just not going to change certain people. Just change right. myself. Right. right. Um, and it's experience. It's, you have to go through it. Um, but when people, talk, I, when people say, I want to be psychic, I go, no, you'll be spiritual. Psychic is a side effect of being spirit. Like you, you want to be healthy, you eat good food, and then the side effect is being healthy. So by meditation, prayer, and, and I, I don't care if, you, if you're religious, you're devout. Um, it, it, what, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, developing that side of yourself. And we will go through many, many, many incarnations. You just keep coming back until each incarnation you take something with you from the, the life before. You wonder why Mozart at age eight could walk. He used to sit outside his sister's piano lesson. My uncle had a, had a doctorate in, in music history, so he used to tell me these stories. And Mozart would walk in after her lesson and sit and play the lesson completely. Like, okay, that had to be something he developed in a prior incarnation. I've raised, um, well, I, and I have my, my, my loving stepson, but I have my three biological who, you know, I basically, I was, they lived with me. I made sure they had the same food, the same cookies. I mean, I would cut cookies with a micrometer. Everything had to be the same, the same shirts, the same jeans. Nobody got something the other we didn't get. I have three individual kids that are so different. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, one's a musician, one's a social worker, tennis pro, one's a, they all came from the same household because it's like three seeds. You put them in the ground, you water them, but one's a, one is a daffodil, one is a rose, and one is a lily. You know, they look the same in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we all come back with a little DNA karma and we come back for a specific I like reason. That. Yeah. DNA, you, DNA karma is cool. Yeah. So you can get money, you can increase money in your life. But if you came back for a specific reason, I don't want to put a cap on it, but if there's a God in the sky, and this is my argument that I always give people, I watch TV and I see, at this point, I'll say Bezos. I used to say Gates, who's born the day before me. Um, Bezos is $150 billion right now. The next commercial, it's either the Shriners, North Shore Animal League, or St. Jude's. 60 cents a day, $19 a month, feed a child. Okay, so God is up there letting, right. or here's an example. Somebody in my family goes into the LA, uh, goes into NYPD and makes 40000 or whatever they make, 42000 a year you know, getting kind of roughed up a little bit these days. But if they would just be an actor, they can make a million dollars an episode. Right. right. You know, and I, and I always go crazy when I see an actor say, yeah, I, I went down, I'm going to play an army man. So I went down to the army barracks and I talked to the army guys so I could get a feel. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I understand. I'm not an actor and I couldn't act if I tried it. Right. But I mean, there's a person that's going to make a hundred grand to do a, a shoot for two hours. And there's a guy putting his life on the line, getting blown up in Afghanistan. Now, I'm not begrudging because each of us choose a path. But the idea is that 
we come in for a specific reason. There's no, my point is, there's no God who says, oh, I'm going to let that right. person, that, that can't be because Bill Maher, Bill Maher, yeah. Bill Maher doesn't believe in God and he owns the Mets. Bill, and he has his own TV show. He doesn't even believe in God. Penn right. and Teller are, are known atheists. Penn's, Penn Gillette's license plate says godless. He doesn't believe in God. He, yeah. They have their own show in Vegas and they're making a million dollars. I think it was Ricky Gervais the other day. Said, but you know why? Because you're right. dead. If I, say, if I said to them, do you believe in consciousness? Right. Yeah. I'm kind of, okay. So what to, I'm not talking about a man. I'm talking about the consciousness. And so it, it's, it's the, we define God. If you think God is a man with a white beard, you know, sitting up, of course not. That's right. not what it is. Right. So that's the problem. We use the word God. I sometimes, when you see the way the universe is, sometimes the atheists prove my point better than some of the religious exactly. people. I'd rather have a person next door to me who's an atheist that if I'm going out to wash my window, he runs over and grabs the ladder and holds it while I'm up on top of the ladder. Then on the other side, I have a born again who's preaching to me that I'm going to go to hell for not, you know, jumping right. up and down and twirling around. And the man-made things with religion, it's okay. Um, but I, some people make, well, again, I'll use, they make Jesus the man, the principal, and they lose their principal in the man. So they walk into a church. And then they come out and say, you're not marrying my daughter. You are, you know, A, B, or C, ethnically, this or that. Are you company? You know, you're not marrying my daughter. You're a carpenter. <laughs> um, you know, like I said, as long as it works, however gets Mike, you. Mike, there, I want to go for a second. So go ahead. When, uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, I have a question too, Eric. So that's keep, fine. Yeah. Um, we interviewed George Anderson. Um, so I would love for you to check out that interview because it was really eye-opening for us. We really got to know him. Uh when our father passed away, we went to George and our father came through and said, uh, archangels are real. You stole pray, my, yeah. You stole pray, my question. Pray, 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 pray to the arch, <laughs> pray to the archangels. It's real. Our father was digging around in the Akashic records. Um, and, and that changed the course of our life. Uh, when our father told us that after he passed away through George, um, what are your thoughts on archangels, Akashic records, magic, magic with a K the whole nine yards? Um, I, I believe that we have guides. I believe that, um, there are, see, when we say angels, people right away get the idea that there's wings and they're flying around right. and that kind of stuff. Um, we have guides. I remember one time, um, we heard a sound in my house and my mother heard a guitar or something being strummed. So, um, she had asked the psychic that she went to, you know, who said I was going to be a musician or whatever. And she said, oh, that's Pietro, your son's spirit guide. 30 years later, I'm in George's room, and George is some guy coming in. His name is Peter, pa 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 like P, pa pa Pedro. Wait, I, I can't get the name right, but he's some kind of a guide for you. I mean, so you do have guides, just like you. And, and I'm, I'm, I raised three kids, so I'm like there. I, I looked over them. And then as they went to school, they had guidance counselors and they had teachers. So we have people. They don't do it for us, but they, but I do believe in prayer. But what happens is each of us see life through a specific set of tinted glasses. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's like the person saying, no, I'm, I'm into Italian food. The other one says, no, I'm into Mexican food. All of those foods will work. So yes, there are guides. There are, if you want to call them archangels, uh, highly developed spirits. If you take on a cause, when you take interest in something, people on there, there are guides on the other side that will sort of come into your life. So if you really start to develop yourself, there are people, just like on this side, if you get really good at tennis, a great tennis pro may come along and take you on as a student. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I do believe, I have the utmost respect for George out of anybody I've ever seen. I, I unfortunately, I think he sort of keeps a low, lower profile. He's just one of my favorites. Um, yeah. 
You know, to this day and age, I go for a slice of pizza and like in a, in a, in a Geno's and as a sign up, you know, psychic medium Wednesday night. I'm like, what? You know, that's what this has come to. Right. Uh, and it's and I've, I've been backing off more and more. I don't do a lot. Of, I don't even do a lot of these shows because I, I'm to the point now that I'm just starting to like, I feel like Obi-Wan going off into the woods, you know, into the into it's the hard to do. It's hard to do anything for 40 years. So I commend you for, for going for long I, as, I as hard as you did. Yeah, I don't think I would have lasted this long if I would have did, if I would have pushed it. Um, once or twice, I did do a couple of pilots and stuff like that and things I believed in. But I just, like when I put on TV and I see where the world is going, and I'm not political, I, I'm, I stay out of the political arena. Right. But I mean, some of the stuff that I'm looking, it's just... I'm just want to. I want to go like into the mountains someplace and run away. Um, I get it. George talk, George talks like that too. George yeah. says the same thing. So Glenn, we got three drummers talking to each other right now. Okay, so Eric and I played. Eric's much better than me. Hold on, um, hold on. Um, what are you doing, Eric? Can oh, see I got an antique drum there. I got my well, Zildjian symbol, my bongos. If you could, so. I mean, I'm packing right now. But if you saw my living room right now, there are seven. DW drum sets sitting in my living room and they were all set up at the same time. Right now they're packed up yeah. um, uh, along with 10, 20, 30, 40 inch Paiste gongs hanging, oh, uh, razors. I mean, it's just like my so wife. Top five, top five best bands of all time with the best drummer in the band. Go for it. You go. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm a born in the fifties and I'm kind of like, I was a prog guy like yes and ELP. So those are the bands in Genesis that I, I came from with that. Okay. Best drummers is a tough one because Buddy Rich would be my biggest inspiration, and John Bonham. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, different people for different reasons. You know, it's funny. Somebody, everybody was into Neil Peart, and I said to somebody the other day, "I go, well, Neil didn't really knock, didn't knock me out as much as a drummer." And the guy was like, "I said, first of all, him and I ride. I ride the same motorcycle. I do all my traveling thanks to my wife because she's pushed me to do this. But right. I do a lot of my vacationing, all of it, on a BMW GS motorcycle through That's mountains." Awesome. Um, just like Neil Peart did. Yeah. What happened was I didn't know who Peart was. And I was doing a show one time in Chicago and a guy walked up to me and said, Oh, you're into Neil Peart. And I said, who? Oh and this was, I, I had this big Chrome Slingland set with bells and gongs right. and I came back. So there's so many things that he did that I parallel with, but right. I'm more into him for his philosophy and his lifestyle yes. and that aspect more than just his, some people impress me because of other aspects of their life, not just their playing. Right. Um, there's a lot. Well, Chick Corea just started. It's funny. Lenny White. Oh my God. There was a time there where, like, Lenny, I just, oh man, I, just, you know, I go into spurts where I just get into certain people. But right. I'm playing about 55, 56 years. Oh my God. So I literally, everywhere I go, there's either, I used to have my grandmother sew on my pants a little extra pocket to carry sticks. Um, I, I walk around almost all day with sticks. If you walk out of my office after reading, there's a pan next to me, they're out and I'm practicing. Really? It's just an obsession. Yeah. Uh, that that's. Do you that's know Danny? Do you know Danny Carey from Tool? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah just, he's you know. my he's my number one. You know, if if, if you're not going to play drums like Danny Carey, in my opinion, I I'd, I'd probably say Vinnie Caliute. And you know, it's funny. It's not just technical. Like you get guys like Thomas Lang and Virgil Donati who are like just. Sometimes I want to give up playing when I see them. Right. But if you say to uh, some of the greatest drummers, "Who's your who's the greatest drummer?" I guarantee within the top five, you're going to hear Steve Gadd. And if you see Steve Gadd, Steve is a pocket guy. He just goes in and lays it down. He knows how to play. So it would be like um, you have to know, I think it was Basie's band. It's like they say it's just as important what you don't play as much as what you do. So when you have a white piece of paper and you put a dot on it, it's the space around the dot or it's the space between the notes that makes it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when you have when you have space, it's the space between the notes that that gives it volume and gives it style. So it's not about how many how fast you can play. Um, it's about you know, and it's also what you're going for because a lot of guys are a lot of young. Was it the other day? I was reading J.R. Robinson is probably the most recorded drummer in history, and um, if you wouldn't believe how I, I guarantee on a daily basis you hear him and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And some guy goes, "Oh man, he he stinks." So he you know he's not playing that. Fit. It's not about that, but. Um, but it's on that I am literally day and night obsessed with. I mean, I love I, it. I, I, I would uh, love to. You life should and, life and drums kind of yeah. It's, it's in, in, intersect. 100%. You should take your phone and record yourself playing drums and put it to glendove.com or something. <laughs> that is so like I, I say. You should, I you, said should Eric, like play, you should play like an unbelievable beat and then like throw in some like law of attraction stuff, <laughs> right? And like some spiritual. Your your children chose you. You know, it, it, it's interesting. And my son, I didn't want anybody in the business. And my middle son is a musician, professional musician. But I like cracked the whip and I made him go to school. And he's got degrees and and he's academically, you know, like way way above me. And um, it's interesting because he's really really, you know, he's out there with it. Because I was never the greatest sight reader, so all the things I didn't do, I made him do. Sure, that's um, amazing. Yeah, because you know, I didn't. I didn't want my kids to be music. You know, I didn't push them with that. But that—that's my life. I mean, I literally, it's all day long. I get up in the morning and I, as I'm coming down, I live in a splinter, so I go to all these different levels. I walk through my music room. I grab my six first thing, and I and I always do a couple of rooms, and I put them down, go down, have breakfast, get ready for work. I just all day long. I I have a pad. I strap to my ankle, and my my leg in the car. And my wife goes and shopping out there to this day, and I'm still doing that. Do you that's tap? Do you tap it? Because I tap all the time, and my wife's like, "Stop doing that, please." Like I'm tapping. Yeah. I'm I'm doing three eleven taps, and I'm yeah. trying to pretend to be I'm a Danny Cat. Tapper, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, I'm nothing like them, but like you know, I, I I drive my wife nuts with tapping. But I gotta yeah, tell I mean, you, yeah, no, I mean, it's just I am, and I'm since I'm OCD, like I was working with uh, an Emerson Lincoln Palmer tribute band, and you know, it's it that isn't something like to pick up like the Beatles, and I and I had to play every note for note from let's say Carnival Nine and stuff, and of course, I went out and got a stainless steel drum set with the, when I do something, I've always oh been a hundred percent like I have to get into it, so whatever I'm doing i'm I'm like a gearhead, I mean it's got to be you know. I'm a, I, I, I just I just wish I could go off into the mountains, have my drums, and you know, just play. That's incredible. my my mom bought me when I was when I was a teenager. She bought me uh, steel drums. So, <laughs> so everyone yeah, reggae. I, <laughs> but listen, everybody, thanks for tuning in, uh, Glenn, Glenn. Really, thank a, you for, yeah, for coming oh, on Oaken Bros, man. Really this appreciate amazing. you. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, everybody, hit up glendove.com, uh, Psychic Medium Hypnotherapy. Uh, we've where been can, going where can everyone find you, Glenn? We've been going to him yeah. for, yeah. for years. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, we ju- just, you know, like I said, it was just sprung on me in the last couple of weeks that um, the place I had been working, the Healing Grotto, many people know me from there. There was a salt cave, and I had an office in, this, in, the, in the place. I don't know what happened, whether it's somebody, I think a doctor's taking the place over. So now I'm working. I, I, I'm switching more to the online uh, right. phone readings. Um, so I do still see, there are still some in-person readings left right now. They're in Baldwin at a chiropractic office. Uh, mm-hmm. and I hope to be in the next year. I might be going back and forth between down South and up here, but just you, the number of the uh, 516-223-2567, that's on the website. 
And somebody in the office will tell you what's available. And everyone right. listening to this right now, get a reading with Glenn. It will change I recommend, your I, life. I recommend Glenn Dove to everybody. Everybody yes. that, that is interested in spirituality, connecting with the afterlife, I always say, call Glenn Dove. He gives a great a great reading, great experience. And and there truly is life after Glenn Dove and then life after Glenn Dove. Um, where life before Glenn life, life before and then right. life after. Well, where, energy uh, is not destroyed. Help. You know, think about that. That's my, my son. You know, you burn a piece. Not energy is never destroyed. It might go from carbon to hydrogen. So you know, we don't die. It's that's the bottom line. Love, it. love it. Everybody, please like, subscribe, share this interview. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Hang Glenn. out for two, hang out for two seconds. Yep, Glenn, and uh, we're gonna sign off. Right Thanks now. for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.